0: Amen. Well, welcome to Thrive Church. We're so glad you're with us today. Uh, I I know there are people watching all over Glendora, Covina, San Dimas, La Verne, but also in United Arab Emirates. We have people in South Africa. There's people in the UK. Uh, So welcome to all of you. We're so glad you're with us. Uh, We are are a family, uh, and as we just celebrated with communion, we are united in Christ. Um, so good to have our worship team. We missed you guys last week. We're making sure to maintain our distance as much as possible because we want to honor that and stay healthy. Uh, but we're, we're glad to have you with us. We've got a, a great morning planned f- this morning. A uh, couple of different things coming up. We're actually going to kick off this morning uh, with a testimony video. We call them Thrive Stories here at, at Thrive Church. And uh, this is actually a Thrive Story that was recorded a few months ago. Uh, we wanted to share uh, a little bit of what's happening in the lives of Jeremy and Maria Robinson. Uh, so check out this video.
1: Well, this year, he's been teaching us that he's in control. <laughs> and... Um, not to lose hope in the things He's promised us.
2: Anything's possible. Yeah. yeah. Well, we're, uh, what was it? Over, a little over five weeks uh, pregnant, I mean five months mm-hmm. pregnant, sorry. A little over five months pregnant, and uh, yeah, something we thought was un- impossible. And, yeah, it's possible now. Well, um, I, I guess talking about myself, um, I thought it was because of me, because having cancer twice. Um, Being a two-time cancer survivor, I always thought it was just, that's just the cards that I was dealt, you know, and ended up not being so, but yeah.
1: After about six years of nothing happening, (laughs) now we are.
2: It was uh, one of those nights after, I think after one of the worship services, we're just, uh, I think it was me, you, I think Jason was there, I uh, can't remember who else, but I think Tom Greenlee was there. But uh, I just remember talking to you about um, that being something that we wanted, but not feeling like it was possible. And Yeah, just, you know, not giving up on it, but just understanding that, you know, if it happens, it happens, if it doesn't, it doesn't. You know, and uh, and you told me that we're going to pray for it. Yeah, I remember that. Our
1: family is filled with joy with what's to come and just our our prayers being answered. And we're filled with hope, too. Looking forward to the future. I know that there's even more, and that just blows my mind. So it's really neat.
0: Morning, back at Christmas time. Uh, so at that point, Maria was five weeks pregnant, and as you heard in the video, uh, the, the miracle in this is that Jeremy and Maria have been trying for years to become pregnant and thought because of uh, cancer that that was not going to be a possibility, and, uh, and they were blessed by the Lord, and Maria was pregnant. Well, I've got great news for you, a great announcement, uh, that this week in the midst of our isolation and our separation... Jeremy Jr. was born, so we want to introduce him to you. There he is. i was I was so blessed I, by the way i 've got my Kleenex with me today because I just I just can kind of feel like i 'm on the borderline of fears today. If you know me at all, you know that 's just kind of how I roll. I was so blessed to hear about the news of Jeremy Jr. being born uh, in the midst of all of the turmoil and in the midst of all of the struggle that we're in right now, that God is bringing about new life, that he is a way maker and a miracle worker. And this little guy is proof of that. So can we just, would you just write in your living room, would you just praise God? Would you uh, give him thanks this morning? And uh, I'm just going to wipe my eyes and... uh, (laughs) What a, what a great thing. So blessings to you guys. Um, as a pastor, my heart is aching because ordinarily when a baby is born, man, Pastor Megan and I, we are there. We're going to go hold that little guy. Uh, and of course, we can't do that right now. So we look forward to seeing him in person and eventually back in our church family. So uh, be praying for them this week as they make the adjustment and uh, transition with the new little guy in their home. Uh, I want to share a few things that are coming up for you. We're kind of finding our footing in the midst of the transition and the change from going uh, from being in person to being online uh, and trying to find new rhythms for our congregation and for our church family uh, as, you, as you can tell even this morning, we want to keep doing things like worship. We want to keep preaching the word. Uh, we want to keep sharing Thrive stories. We want to hear from you. If God is moving in your life, if you're seeing provision, I've even heard from some of you this week where you've said well God is God has provided miraculously. I'm I'm loving the stories that I'm hearing and the and the connections I'm getting from people in our church. You're going, "Pastor, do you know if anyone who needs help because we we want to help. We want to provide meals. We have we have extra toilet paper. We have extra paper towels." Uh, and and hearing about how the body of Christ is coming together to care for not just each other but for their community. So well done. We want to hear those stories. Take a minute this morning. Fill out the Connect card. If you're on the uh, online church platform, you can click the link at the top right of the screen. Uh, let us know that you're with us this morning. If you're watching on Facebook or Instagram uh, or on YouTube, let us know that you're you're with us this morning by just leaving a comment in, in the comment section. Uh, we would love the opportunity to pray with you, to follow up with you. There's also a place for you to click on uh, prayer request, and our prayer team will pray with you. Uh, we would love that opportunity. A uh, couple of things happening behind the scenes. Uh, if you're a parent of uh, a kid in elementary school, one of our Thrive Kids, you would have gotten an email this week with a couple of great resources. Wanted to tell you about those this morning. This is what they are. We have the, uh, the Parent Q app. And then the Studio 252, which is a part of the curriculum we use, Orange Curriculum, which we use to train up our children in the ways of the Lord. Uh, We want to encourage you, download the app, uh, and you can find out how to do that at ThriveGlendora.org, and then just navigate to the kids section, and there's a link to download that. They've they've got videos. There's great resources on that, and you can you can disciple your kids and, and invest in the lives of your kids. It keeps riding track with what our curriculum is, and so so you'll be able to know if they just in the same way that they were church on, at church on Sunday and in, in thrive kids and in, in kids church. Uh, those same lessons will be available to you. And then Studio 252 is just a larger version of the app, and there's more videos and more resources and crafts and all kinds of creative things. So if you're a parent of an uh, elementary age kid, go and check that out. Uh, if you are a youth between 6th and 12th grade, want to remind you that we are having youth group on Thursday nights at 6.30. Uh, Thrive Youth, meeting online via Zoom. If you go to ThriveGlendora.org. You can click on the link. The Zoom link will be there each week, uh, and then you can click on and be a part of that. We encourage you uh, to do that. A uh, couple other things that we've added uh, this week, and you'll hear more about coming up. We're uh, we we we're kicking off pre-service prayer. What we've always done as a church is gathered before church to to pray together. And so we're, we're just doing it differently. We're adapting to the times that we're in. So we're going to be doing pre-service prayer. And this is just a little snapshot off of our website. There's a place for pre-service prayer, a Zoom call from 10 to 1020 on Sunday mornings. So go to ThriveGlendor.org, click launch Zoom, and you'll be taken right into that prayer meeting. Uh, there was a, a few people that gathered uh, today. Everyone is welcome, no matter where you are, who you are. I want to invite you to come and pray with us on Sunday mornings from 10 to 1020, right before service. Of course, you can launch the Sunday service right off of the website as well. But this is something we're kicking off today. Um, You might be hearing about for the first time, and we want to encourage you to do this. I, I know that when we meet in person, one of the things we love to do is hang out after church. We love to just hang out and talk and fellowship and catch up with each other uh, and be face-to-face. Well, in in this season, we're going to do face-to-face a little bit differently. So we're going to do an after-service connection time uh, from 1130 to 1230. It's also going to be via Zoom. So when this service is done, go over to ThriveGlendora.org and then click on that launch Zoom button. And uh, we're going to have a host. We're going to have people in there. You can all jump in and, and we can just connect with each other. Uh, In the same way or in a similar way to what we do on Sundays and just finding different ways to maintain that continuity of of being with each other. And so encourage you uh, to do that. And then finally, this morning, uh, we are going to be launching Emotionally Healthy Spirituality online. Emotionally Healthy Spirituality is an eight week course uh, that we use as a part of our discipleship journey here at Thrive Church. Uh, EHS was de- developed by pastor Pete Skazero uh, at a new life church in New York. Uh, and has been, has been put into to practice in churches all around the world. Um, and the premise behind EHS is this, that you cannot be spiritually mature with while remaining emotionally immature, that we have to mature in every part of our lives because we engage with God with every part of who we are. And so uh, we thought, you know, we want to we keep this going. Uh, we have the opportunity through Zoom to host this class. It's, it's actually pretty easy to do. Um, so I want to encourage you, sign up, thriveglendora.org again. You're seeing the trend here. If you want to know what's happening, go to thriveglendora.org. You're going to find all that information. It's going to be on Wednesday nights at 6 p.m., so that'll be Pacific Standard Time, uh, starting March 8th, so in a week and a half. And and here's what the cost breakdown is. Some of you already have the materials, which is the EHS book, the Emotionally Healthy Spirituality, uh, Spirituality book. Uh, there's a workbook, and then there's a day-by-day book. There's three books that are involved. Uh, if you already have the books, there's no cost for the class. The other option is this. If you want to order the books online, there's Kindle versions, there's Apple Books versions uh, that you can, you can just get the digital version of the books. You can download those and, and pr- pay for those yourself. Uh, then there's no cost for the class. Uh, We also have uh, extra books on hand here at the Thrive Center. So if you live locally and and you want to buy one of the the sets that we have, the cost would be $30 to get those books just to cover the cost of materials. I want to encourage you, if you've not gone through EHS yet, please do so. Uh, If you've already gone through it, go through it again. I guarantee you that you will see this material through a different lens, given the season that we're in. I know my emotions are kind of all over the place. You're probably finding the same thing, uh, at least if not for yourself, for those in your home. And so just really, what better time than this to engage in and press into uh, who we are in the Lord and and develop that relationship with Him, grow closer to Him. So sign up for that, uh, and we encourage you to do that. I want to remind you that we're. Uh, you can give online. We're going to pray for our tithes and offering this morning. Uh, you can give online at thriveglendora.org uh, or through the Thrive app. Um, and then the third way you can give. Some of you have asked, well, how if I like I prefer to write a check. Uh, you can just mail your check in if you would like to do that. Uh, our, our mailing address is PO Box 142, Glendora, California 91740. Uh, or you can of course find that address on the website as well and i want to encourage you in the season uh, when when there's just a lot of fear there's a lot of concern about provision there's a lot of concern about finances and and and, and i understand that for many uh, their jobs are on the line maybe you've already lost your job maybe you're in a place where you're going god i don't know where that that fi- those finances are going to come from Uh, we just sang this morning about the fact that he is a way maker and he is a miracle worker and we're believing for miracles and so uh, if you're in a in a tight spot uh, i encourage you turn your heart to the lord Uh, and then also don't suffer in silence Uh, it's just something i think in this season we need to reach out to the people around us don't feel like you're going to be a burden to people Um, but if if you're struggling let someone know, reach out to our pastoral team, reach out to me, and we'd love to, to pray with you first and foremost. And then as we're able to bring assistance and, and come alongside, uh, for those of us who are continuing to work, for those who, who have not last, lost their jobs or are working from home, I would encourage you to continue being faithful in your giving to the Lord. It's one of our acts of worship. It's one of the ways that we declare to the Lord that the things of this world do not have a hold on us that we serve the King of kings and the Lord of lords. And so continue in, in your giving, continue in your generosity. Uh, we're working on some things, some opportunities as a church to be able to give to, to give outside of ourselves, and we're going to let you know a little bit more about that uh, this week. In fact, I've got a really exciting opportunity coming up that we'll share this week about a place where we can partner outside of the United States and pr- bring some uh, much-needed relief for families uh, who are desperate. But let's pray for our giving this morning. Jesus, we love you. And we thank you, God, that you are the source, that you provide all that we need, Lord, that, that there is nothing in our lives, Lord, that, that you cannot meet. There is no, no meet, need that you cannot meet. There's nothing, Lord, that is too difficult for you. And so, Lord, we honor you this morning with our finances, Lord. We pray that as we give, as we, as we give back to you out of what you've poured into our lives and blessed us with, Lord, not only that your kingdom would be established, and we declare that, that your kingdom would be established on earth as it is in heaven, uh, but Lord, that the shackles of, of money, the shackle of fear and the shackle, Lord, of, of being uh, under the yoke of, of money, Lord, would be broken off of people all around the world. Lord that in this this one area especially that we would learn to trust you in this season, and that we would see you once again being faithful in our in our finances, and we give you praise for that in jesus name amen amen. I want to invite you if you have your Bibles with you this morning to turn to the twenty third psalm psalm twenty three uh, we're going to be continuing our series entitled God is and this is a series that we've been engaged in all year this year Uh, We started in january. We're going to go all the way through december and we're uh, Looking at the word of god diving into the the word of god to discover and and answer the question. Who is god? Who is god and it's an important question to ask you see because we pick up along the way in our lives uh, perspectives and ideas about who god is and we need to make sure that what we believe about God is accurate, that it is true. And, and I can't just take someone's word for it. I need to go to the word myself. This is the wonderful thing about the God that we serve. He's intensely personal, that he doesn't, he doesn't say to us, hey, I will, I will speak to you through someone else. That because of Jesus, because of the blood, because of the body that was broken, because of the cross and the empty grave, that veil was torn and we have direct access to the Father. And so, so, so God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit want to have communion with you. They want to speak to you. And, and God wants to reveal who he is, his nature, his character, uh, his personality, his traits, His goodness, he wants to bring a revelation directly to you uh, in your own heart and in your own life. And so we've been pressing in and asking this question, who is God? See, understanding God is really the key to us understanding ourselves. The Bible tells us that we are created in the image of God, that we bear his likeness. Which means if I want to understand who I am, I need to understand what his likeness is, what his image is. So I gain an accurate reflection of who I am. I want to speak from my heart for just a minute. Um, it's been a tough week. I don't know about you, but I've had a hard week. Um, and I, I was wrestling uh, with even being preaching this morning, not that I didn't want to preach, it's it's one of the joys that I have. But um, it's been a tough week emotionally. I've just been up and down. There's just been, of course, a lot of change for all of us uh, and a lot of adjustment. And I found myself uh, struggling in in my own emotions and processing things that I, I've I've been feeling uh, as we get further into this time of separation and distancing, uh, I think in in looking at our own home is the novelty of it is kind of worn off a little bit. Maybe you're finding that to be true in your home. Uh, The novelty is worn off, the idea of, well, we get to stay home and watch movies, and we've been in the garden and playing basketball in the driveway. Uh, But there's this point where I reached this week where I just miss people. And I, I don't believe, I mean, I'm an extrovert. If you know me at all, I, I am the consummate extrovert. But I'm even hearing introverts saying they're missing people. So, so we're at a point right now where we're realizing and, and recognizing how much we are designed for relationship. Uh, on top of that, there's some things that I'm, I'm sensing and I'm recognizing that I'm not just grieving for myself or experiencing loss for myself, but I'm, I'm looking at my kids and understanding that my kids are experiencing loss, not just being out of school, but we have a son who's getting ready to graduate from college, and that graduation has been postponed. And so things that would ordinarily be going on in his life, and, and, and we have a daughter who has a birthday coming up, and it's kind of a big birthday, it's a, and so we, we're anticipating, wow, there's some changes, and I'm finding myself grieving for my children, and my heart aching for my children, and, and my heart grieves for all of you. Um, I miss you as your pastor. (laughs) I miss you. I miss hugging you and seeing your faces and engaging with you. Some of you have graciously been asking, um, how are we doing? And I tell you, thank you for your care. It means the world to Megan and I and to our kids that you would be asking and, and checking in on us. We are, we are well, we're well, we're safe, Um, We have seven people who live in our homes, so so social distancing is not quite as much of a thing for us, Um, but we just miss you, and so my heart is grieved over that, Um, and so just know we are praying for you as a church. Um, Last week, I ended by saying, you know, we should be asking and giving place in our homes to ask these questions. What are you sad about? What are you mad about? What are you glad about? And what are you anxious about? And I want you to know as, as your pastor, for those of you who are part of Thrive Church and, and even beyond that, um, I know I see so many of my peers and so many pastors who are doing an amazing job of leading in this difficult season. Um, but also knowing this, that and, and if you know me at all, if you're part of our church family, you know that I'm pretty transparent. Um, and it's been tough. There's things that I have been sad about and things that I've been frustrated about and things that I'm anxious about. Uh, but in the midst of that, this this week specifically, the twenty third Psalm has ministered to me, and uh, I actually had a, a different message prepared for today, had a different direction we were going to go, and just felt the nudge of the Lord to go down this road. Yeah, I've, I've just kind of camped out in Psalm twenty three. Uh, it's it's an amazing passage of Scripture. When I first became a pastor, excuse me, when I first became a pastor as a young pastor, I, I looked at the, the 23rd Psalm. There was, There's was some passages in Scripture that you just thought, well, everyone uses that one, so I'm not going to be the guy who uses that passage. And the 23rd Psalm, as a young pastor, I was like, well, that, that passage, that psalm is reserved for hospital visits and funerals. That, that's when you kind of pull that one out of your pocket. And I remember uh, I was on staff at a, a church here in Southern California, a, a larger congregation. I was a youth pastor. And uh, one of the things that was required of us in, in, the, in that season, I was like, oh, why do I have to do this? Uh, but I'm so thankful that, that we were encouraged and, and, and expected to do it. But we, we all took turns visiting different people in, in the hospital. And um, it's uncomfortable, it was hard. I remember my first hospital visit and there were just butterflies and I was I was sweating, I was nervous, I was wearing my tie and I I came in and I I had my Bible. It wasn't this one, it was a bigger Bible because I wanted it to look like I meant business and and I had the 23rd Psalm marked out and I was like, I'm going to go in and I'm going to read this passage and and right and there's just going to be light that fills the room and it's just there's going to be a peace that comes and I, I, these are things that I was hoping, uh, but, but the reality is I was just nervous out of my mind. Uh, come to find out the best thing that we can do, by the way, for people who are struggling or in the hospital or hurting and those are around us is just to be with them. Now the 23rd Psalm is a powerful passage of scripture and it's not inappropriate to read it, but I found that this passage has a lot more depth to it, especially in this season of time for us. I'm going to go ahead and read this. The words will be up on the screen, and uh, and I want to read this. the The words on the screen might be a little bit different. My NIV version in in my Bible is a little bit older, but you'll get the you'll get the point. Let's read this together. The Lord is my shepherd; I shall not be in want. He makes me lie down in green pastures, and he leads me beside quiet waters. He restores my soul. He guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. And even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You will anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and love will follow me all the days of my life, and I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. Amen. You know, there's two things about this passage that we really don't understand uh, in our context. Many of us have never been shepherds or may not even know shepherds, and many of us, if not most of us, have never worked with sheep. And so, when we read a passage like this, uh, it's important for us to understand what those roles were. I think we have this perspective of what shepherds are and what, what the, their function. That's kind of, I don't know. It's 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 like the storybook picture. It's the shepherds at Christmas with their their staff and their bathrobes and the towel over their heads. Uh, and it's it's just kind of an idealized picture. But it's important to realize that in Scripture, God uses metaphors. For us to gain an understanding of who he is, it's one of the ways that in scripture that he reveals himself to us. It's, it's like giving us handles that we can grab onto. And so in order to understand what this is telling us about who God is, we need to take a minute and unpack what shepherds are and what sheep are. Now, I, I know you're thinking, well, Barry, we know what sheep are. Um, but I want to I go a little deeper. I want to unpack a little bit of the personality of sheep and how they function and, and why sheep need shepherds in fact I, I have a picture here this is usually the picture that we get of uh, a shepherd and the sheep and it's just like this kind of a, a docile uh personality kind of person and uh you know who's just walking around with their sheep and and you know they're you know of course david was a shepherd and he wrote this uh this passage of scripture this psalm and, and we have this picture of him under the tree playing the harp and the sheep just out in the pastures just you know, doing their thing, eating the grass, and and it just seems idyllic. It just seems wonderful. But the reality is the shepherd was not just this, that there was some depth to the shepherd. There was some, uh, some meaning. There was some strength to the shepherd that we need to understand because this morning we're talking about the fact that God is my shepherd. God is your shepherd and if he is my shepherd what does that mean for me what does that what does that present what reality does that introduce into my life well shepherds have this there's a unique display in the shepherd of authority and compassion authority and compassion you see sheep were a commodity you, you didn't have little flocks with five or ten sheep. Quite often there were landowners and and, 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 and uh, sheep owners who had thousands of sheep. And the, the shepherds were tasked with making sure that the sheep were safe. There was authority that came with it. I was thinking about even with things happening in the stock market. And, and I know that there's people in New York and Tokyo and all or, or Johannesburg and all around the world. stockbrokers and people working in those different stock exchanges and doing the things that they do. I have no clue how that all works. I've got like a surface level idea. But but basically, they're making sure that our economy stays intact. Imagine this. Shepherds functioned in much the same way, that sheep and, 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 and agriculture was the backbone of, the the economy in those days. And so shepherds carried an incredible burden, not just for caring for the sheep, but making sure that the economy stayed intact. And so there was a level of authority the the the, the owner of the sheep, the master shepherd, would delegate responsibility and authority to the shepherds to, to go out and to tend those sheep, to lead them into the places where they needed to go. But they also were marked with compassion we know from scripture and from even from the life of Jesus that it was not uncommon for the the shepherd to go after the one that the that the one mattered as much as the whole and and there's this level of compassion that the sheep the, sh- the shepherd would have with the sheep and he would develop a relationship with them that they would hear his voice and know his voice and follow him and even in that picture that picture of the sheep following Uh, that was that was accurate that actually happened the shepherd would call his sheep when they sheep would come into a community you can see they're coming out of a gate right here Um, they would go into town and all of the sheep would come in together and and get all mixed together and what would happen is when the shepherd was ready to leave he would call his sheep and all his sheep would come out from in between all of the other sheep and follow him out of the gate and so the level of compassion and relationship from the shepherd to the to the sheep created this bond and this connection that resulted in the sheep feeling safe and following the shepherd. Being a shepherd was a gritty, dirty, labor intensive assignment, and yes, there were probably periods of downtime, but I don't think a shepherd was ever off the clock because they always were, had to keep awareness of what was happening. Around them, they were aware of the needs of the flock, whether it was their, the, the fact that they needed to eat or they needed water or or tending to the diseases that might be going through and, 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 and making sure that the healthy sheep were kept separate from the, sh- the sheep that were maybe sick, they had to be aware of outside threats, whether that came in the form of a, a lion or a bear, as we read about in the life of David that he killed both a lion and a bear in his assignment as as a, as a shepherd and watching the sheep i I've never had to face down a lion or a bear with a sling. Uh, I doubt you have either. It doesn't sound like fun. It sounds like someone so, a job for someone who's pretty tough. Um, they also had to be aware of people who would come and steal their sheep, that there were those who would thieves that would come in and, and try and take their sheep away and so there was that awareness, and on top of that, the shepherds had to be aware of the land. They had to tend to and make sure that they weren't overgrazing in a particular area. If you understand agriculture at all, if if the animals overgraze an area and eat too much of the grass uh, and and go down below the surface to the root, they'll kill that grass and it won't be able to grow back again and will basically eliminate that land and turn it into an arid land that that really can't be used for grazing anymore. And so they have to to have that kind of forethought and, and awareness of even the land. And so they would lead their sheep away from danger to safety. They would lead them to places that had green pastures and and make sure that they didn't overgraze, all the while looking out for predators and thieves. See, the safety, prosperity, and health of the flock depended on the shepherd. I say that again. The safety, prosperity, and health of the flock depended on the shepherd. Now, Now, hear these words God is your shepherd which means your safety, your prosperity, and your health are not in your control. They depend on the shepherd. They depend on the involvement and the care and the authority and the compassion of the shepherd. This morning, I want to remind you that God is your shepherd. And in the midst of a difficult time, that the great shepherd is, is watching. He is aware of what's happening in your life. He's aware of what's happening in your work, in your home, in your finances, in your health, and that he is moving on your behalf. See, the shepherd is designed, his role is designed to lead, feed, and to tend to the the, the flock. Let's talk about sheep for a second. You've probably heard this before, and I won't be too hard on sheep because they're just sheep. Um, they look cute, but I can tell you firsthand experience, they're not, they are not cute. Lambs, maybe, you know, you go to a petting zoo. You ever notice like you go to a petting zoo, there's never full grown sheep because they will probably hurt your children. Not probably, they're most likely. Uh, when I first moved to the, to the States, I uh, was living up in Washington. I was living in a guest house house. Uh, for uh, on the property of a, a couple who they had quite a bit of land. And, and when they would go out of town, part of my responsibility was to tend to the few sheep. They had about eight or nine sheep uh, that they had in a, in a pasture and in a paddock. And, uh, and, I, uh, and it was my job. When they left, I had to, I, all I had to do was feed the sheep. That was it. I didn't have to lead them to green pastures or make them lie down. Uh, I just had to <laughs> feed them. And I came to despise sheep. Um, because they, they are big, and they're smelly, and they're uh, skittish, and they're pushy, and they're smelly. And I said that already, but they're smelly. They stink. That, that, that beautiful fur, that beautiful wool, rather, is like Velcro. Everything sticks to it. Everything. And I'll let you just use your imagination. Everything <laughs> sticks to it. And so I would go in, and I would grab this dish to to, and they could see me coming. Now, like our little dog Bailey, uh, when she's hungry, she kind of growls and does a little dance, and you go get her food, and she like rubs up against your leg and does, you know kind of spins in circles and just so happy. Well, the sheep had the same response, but they're not little and cute, and so they would come running flat out at me, and the big the big ram in the group. He, he would just push every other sheep out of the way and then he would try, and, like I'm trying to feed this thing and he's pushing me out of the way uh, and I'm trying to keep my balance. Yeah, sheep, not so cute, not so cute. Uh, if you've had up-close in, encounters with sheep, you probably know that as well. Here's the, here's the reality, sheep need a shepherd, sheep need a shepherd. Sheep will not make wise decisions for themselves. They just won't. They're easily frightened and easily stressed out. And when they get stressed out, they even make worse decisions. I hear stories even from uh, other countries of places where, uh, you know, people will be coming up a road and there'll be goats in the in the middle of the road and then there'll be sheep on the side of the road and they'll honk the hon- horn and the, the goats get out of the way because I'm told that goats are smarter than sheep. And rather than the sheep staying off the side of the road, they jump in front of the car, right? So, so they, just, they just don't make good decisions. They get skittish, they get scared, they get agitated. Uh, in fact, sheep will, will suffer stress. They will In their body, they will experience uh, stress. And so one of the jobs of the shepherd is to calm the sheep down. Notice in Psalm 23, he says that, that the shepherd makes the sheep lie down. Why, why would you want to have to make someone or make something lie down? Probably because they wouldn't do it for themselves. And so he doesn't just lead the sheep to green pastures. He makes them lie down in she- green pastures. There's this picture of rest that the shepherd brings to the sheep that they can't do for themselves. Uh, and, and not only that, the sheep will eat everything in sight. They, they will go into a, a field and they'll just keep eating and eating and eating until there's nothing left. They will eat down to the roots of the grass. And, uh, and that, is, that is not good. Not only that, the sheep are vulnerable. They're vulnerable to attack. They don't have a lot of great self-defense mechanisms. Uh, they, they, just, they just don't do a good job of watching out for themselves. You can probably see some of the parallels between us and sheep. Maybe you're thinking, yeah, that sounds a little bit like me. I I felt that way this week a little bit, which is why the Lord I know brought me to Psalm 23 in those places where I was feeling skittish, where my attitude maybe wasn't smelling the best. I had to apologize to a bunch of people this week for not having a good attitude uh, or, or for talking back or responding out of my frustration Uh, Maybe you owe an apology to some people in your home. Um, Maybe, I, I I know there was places in my life this week, and maybe you can relate to this, that in the midst of the stress and the anxiety, maybe you're not making the best decisions for yourself and for your family. All of these things line up with God's picture and the fact that we are like sheep. In fact, the Bible says that we all like sheep have gone astray, that as sheep we lose our way. And in the same way that sheep need a shepherd, we need a shepherd. We need someone who will step in in those times where things are out of control and tumultuous and bring care and compassion and direction and provision and calm us down in the midst of the stress. It's interesting to me, and I've heard from a number of people that even though in many ways our lives have slowed down, we have to stay at home, we have to work from home, we're not on the go as we were before, it doesn't necessarily, it hasn't translated into a sense of rest and peace internally, so physically we've slowed down, but our emotions and our thinking have kind of ramped up, if anything, and that we're starting to think even more and more, and so I've I've had a knot in my shoulder all week. And I know when that knot starts showing up, I know that I'm carrying things that I really need to bring to the Lord. Even a physical reminder, Lord, I need to surrender control to you. I need to trust you because it's in those places that we become vulnerable. And we become vulnerable to the enemy. We become vulnerable to the enemy of our souls. In John chapter 10, Jesus talks about the thief who comes to steal, kill, and destroy. And it's in those places of vulnerability where we need to come before the Lord and say, God, I need you. I need your rest. I need your care. I need your compassion in my life. And so I want to finish this morning talking for a minute about the relationship between the sheep and the shepherd. Because as I already shared, there's a relationship that exists. It's not just that the sheep do their thing and the shepherd does his thing. It's that there is a bond that is formed between the sheep and the shepherd or the group of shepherds, they would, they would even move as a group together in shepherding the herd. John 10, verse 14 through 15, Jesus says these words, I am the good shepherd. I know my sheep and my sheep know me just as the father knows me and I know the father. I lay, my li- lay down my life for the sheep. This is a beautiful picture of relationship. One of our core values, our core tenets here at Thrive Church is the word know, that we're all about knowing God, knowing God so that we can know ourselves and then know each other. We can be in relationship with God, and we see Jesus echoing that right here in John chapter 10. Just as the Father knows me and I know the Father, Jesus has this relationship, this intimate relationship between him and the Father and he trusts the Father implicitly. He trusts the Father to the point that he died on a cross, that he sacrificed his own life. That was the kind of relationship Jesus had with the Father. And what he's telling us here as our shepherd, he's saying you can have the same kind of relationship With me that I have with the father and because you have that relationship with me, you can now have that kind of relationship with the father. And so the father knows me and I know the father and he loves to make introductions. You see, Jesus is our great shepherd. This passage for us, when tied together with the 23rd Psalm and all of the imagery, the the green pastures, the quiet waters, I love this. He he, he says in verse 3, he restores my soul. Your soul might feel a little tattered and worn right now. You might feel on the inside that things are kind of tired, that you just don't have anything else to give. Your emotions might be on the, the edge. Maybe you're Anger level is at a, a, at a level that you don't want it to be. You know, you can tell when those things start stirring. And Jesus says that he will restore those, your soul. He will restore the places in you that are out of alignment, the things that are going a bit sideways. He says, I want to minister to that. And it's not a heavy hand. What he says is, I want to take you to a peaceful place, a quiet place, and gently make you lie down and rest. See, John 10 is a picture of provision, a picture of provision. The psalmist writes, David writes, I lack nothing. The Lord is my shepherd. I lack nothing. In this season, know this, at with God as your shepherd, you lack nothing. And that you are invited to come to a place with him to quiet your heart, before him to allow him to remind you of that fact it's a picture of provision it's a picture of protection see you can't rest if you feel threatened the sheep would never rest if they had a sense of danger the psalmist says that even though we would walk through the valley of the shadow of death even though you would walk through a place through through a, a Part of geography and the, pro- the problem with uh, the, the valleys is that there would be shadows where animals and thieves could hide and jump out. And even in that vulnerable place, if the shepherd is leading us and walking with us, that there is a sense of security and protection that comes from us that allows us to rest in the midst of the turmoil and even in the midst of the threat. I wanna encourage you today that with God as your shepherd, that you have the opportunity to rest in him. And I encourage you to do so. Take time each day, maybe in the morning, in the evening, maybe before you go to bed. And would you just quiet your heart before the Lord? Maybe even just this week, just say, I'm gonna read the the 23rd Psalm each day and just take 10 minutes and quiet your heart before him and allow him to bring rest to you because he's on the lookout. God is watching He's aware of the threats. He's aware of the things that are coming against us, which means that we can take a step back, take a deep breath and find our rest in him. It's a picture of trust. The sheep know the shepherd and they trust him. I want to ask you this question, but I ask it in a way that doesn't bring condemnation. It's an invitation. It's this, do you trust God? It's easy to trust God when things are going good. It's so much more difficult to say, God, I trust you when it seems like things are falling apart around us. But what we know about God is this, is that he never changes, that his nature and his character and his promises are true once and for all. And so do you trust God? Where are places in your own life where you need to say, God, help me trust you in this. I feel like I need to be in control God, help me to trust you in these areas of my life. The good shepherd wants to tend to to those things. It says this in the 23rd Psalm. He says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. The the picture of the table is an important one. It's another metaphor that we see throughout scripture. In fact, in Acts chapter 2, we see the the table being presented where people from different backgrounds who would never ordinarily come together Sit down and break bread at the table. It's why communion is so important. Here, the the, the psalmist is writing, David writes to us, and he says, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. There's a trust here that I can sit and eat without any concern for what's coming up behind me. See, eating at the table is not just a picture of, of intimacy, but it's also a picture of just letting your guard down and being refreshed. The fact that he would say, you prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies, knowing that there's threats all around, that God still will meet our needs and we can trust him in that. It's a picture of care. It's a picture of compassion, care and compassion that the gentleness of the shepherd, the master shepherd, the good shepherd, that he will provide for every need. Says that you anoint my head with oil, and my cup overflows. the The oil was this the symbol. It was this this picture of blessing. It was also used to medicate the sheep and to keep them healthy and make sure that they were safe. And so the the shepherd would get really close to the sheep and administer this balm to the places, to the sores, to the hurting places in the in the sheep on the sheep's body. Know this, that the good shepherd wants to draw close to you and he wants to administer his healing balm to every hurting place in your heart, in your home, that he wants to bring that care and compassion to bear. And he says, my cup overflows. You know, our hearts can overflow, our souls can overflow, even in the midst of dire circumstances. When we have the assurance and when we know that God is our shepherd, we turn our attention to him. We trust him with our lives. We take time to slow down and say, God, where where are you working in the midst of this? What are you doing in the midst of this? That God will show himself to be faithful as the shepherd and care for those needs, bring the protection, bring the provision. And it's a wonderful picture for us lay a hold of my prayer is that this week as we persist in this season not knowing what that end date would be that you would keep looking to jesus your great shepherd the lover of your soul the one who has compassion and care for you would you embrace him in this season hebrews tells us that jesus christ is the same yesterday today and forever in a season right now where Everything seems to be changing from day to day, hour to hour. That we can, we can stand on that promise that Jesus will never change. And because he is our shepherd, the level of care and attention and comfort and, 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 and protection that he wants to bring will not be different tomorrow than what it is today. He is consistent. Let's pray together. Thank you, Jesus, that you minister to us that you care about us, that you comfort us in the midst of the storm, in the midst of trouble, that you are there, Jesus, to lead us, to guide us to green pastures. Lord, that you lead us to places of rest. You lead us to places of provision. Father God, that you keep the enemy at bay. And Lord, I pray that we would learn to trust you, to rest in you, to look to you. Lord, to understand that you are in control. I pray for every person hearing the sound of my voice today. Lord, in every place where they are hurting, where their emotions are struggling, where they're physically struggling, maybe even carrying that stress. Lord, where their thinking is is struggling. Lord, where they find themselves fixated on the bad news. Lord God, I pray that in every life that you would alleviate those things. Jesus, that you would come with that healing balm. That you would minister your peace that we can be safe in your presence because you are the good shepherd. We give you praise in Jesus' name. Amen.